Welcome back to the 859 Insider Podcast. I'm your co-host, co-founder of the website, Noah Ziegler, alongside my good friend, co-host, and fellow co-founder of the website, Adam Conradi. Adam, we've got a lot to talk about today. we got a little bit of baseball talk to get things going, but then we're going to dive into uh, just a myriad of storylines. We've got to talk about the NFL draft because, yes, the 859 was represented uh, at the NFL draft, both during and after. Uh, we've got a little bit of uh, college baseball talk. You had a, a, a nice little note that I think is pretty worthy of uh, being toward the top of, of the pod. Uh, we've got a football job opening that I think, you know, is going to be a very interesting topic point because I do think there is a story, not a storyline, but maybe a question. I'm going to ask you a question that um, I'm curious to see what your response is. We've got a slew of commitments from players, uh, basketball, baseball, uh, we've got Beachwood's next basketball coach. We've got Holy Cross needing to, uh, or Holy Cross's coach stepping down. We've got transfer news, both at the high school and college level. And at the very end, we're going to wrap it up with a nice little promo that I think, you know, if I was younger, I would definitely want to want to attend this. But before we dive into everything, which is, again, we got a lot to talk about, Adam. How you doing? I mean, the the weather is getting real warm. It, it really is. It's baseball season. We're in the spring sports. I'm seeing a bunch of pictures of uh, or a bunch of prom pictures, uh, which also means it's getting toward the end of the school year and therefore the athletic year for 2022-23. Adam, how are you on this fine night? Oh, yeah. Uh, It's just a fantastic time to be alive. I mean, the birds are chirping. It's starting to be real spring weather, and you can feel baseball regionals and district uh, postseason are really coming up on us. Uh, we've already had the All A State tournament. That's already happened, and as you mentioned, NFL draft just happened. College transfer portal is going crazy, and we're in the heart of baseball season, which is what we're going to start off with. And there are a lot of hot teams in Northern Kentucky right now. Mm-hmm. I, I come to think of it, I don't even think I mentioned All A happening in that intro. So that's another another thing that we're going to be uh, talking about. But um, I guess let's let's start with All A Beachwood. Uh, in our last pod, we talked about how, in dramatic fashion, they won uh, the ninth region All A tournament. I guess against St. Henry, uh, coming back from four one down in the top of the seventh and hanging nine runs in that inning. Uh, they did dance their way to the All A state semifinals. Uh, they defeated Hazard seven four to get things going, but then they fell the next day to Sayer six to five. Who Adam, I believe, ended up winning the entire tournament uh, against Walton Verona. So, to cra- congratulations to Sarah. But th- I guess that's a- another note to talk about is we also had Walton Verona go to the final. Uh, I mean, NKY always representing well, but uh, the Sayre Spartans, I believe they're the Spartans. Either way, the school that Chad Pennington is the head coach at and his son, you know, as mentioned son- during football season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, Sarah always plays a couple of NKY teams. So, we talk about them and obviously. Pennington being a big note, but um, Adam, I mean, it's always good to have two NKY teams uh, going deep in all a, I mean, to, the fact of the matter is usually there is a five, nine team in the mix of the title. And we, we did, we had a couple, we had Beachwood obviously is one of the uh, highly regarded teams in the region uh, falling by one run to the team that ended up winning it all goes to show how to say how good Beachwood is and Walton Verona, even doing, I mean, it ran through the ran through the tournament, or excuse me, didn't run through the tournament, but it, it started well, winning 11-1 over Campbellsville, and then they defeated Owensboro Catholic in 10 innings 
Uh, that was that was they won five four. It was a ten thirty a.m. game. And to think about think about the one they the Beachwood Sayer game before that. That was at eight thirty a.m. Go six five, and then at ten thirty you have a game that finishes five four at ten innings. I mean that must have been a doozy of a couple games. That makes it. I'm sure all those parents who they've had to do this for years get up at seven a.m. Actually six a.m. Yeah. You know that made it a yeah. little bit worth it. Yeah, exactly. I mean the tournament was at Campbellsville High School. Um, and then obviously at 1 p.m. Sunday, that's when Sayer uh, started their journey to end up taking the crown for all a this year. So again, congratulations to all the teams. Um, but Adam, you know, a good showing from the NKY teams there, uh, Walton Verona and Beachwood. Yeah, definitely. You love to see it. Uh, Northern Kentucky showing out. Walton Verona's got a really solid team this year. They've they've had a really great start to the season and. You know, Beachwood is right where they need to be to be in contention for region. As as we've said, they're three-time defending champions, so you know they have one thing on their mind this year. They're sitting at 19-6, and 13-2 in the region right now. Uh, semifinalists in the All-A State Tournament, you know they're going to want to go back to state this year and finish that one off. Mm-hmm. And Walton Verona is 20 and five. Adam, I know before this, I told you Walton Verona beat St. Henry. Uh, I read that wrong. Apparently St. Henry actually won. I'm, I'm saying this because this result came in a little bit before we started recording. Uh, St. Henry did win that one 12 to 10. So Walton Verona uh, winning that game, winning four of their last five. Actually, excuse me. It, it, they, I mean, since April, mid-April, they've rattled off. They rattled off a six-game win streak, lost one, won two more. Lost one, one, two more. So they've been on a really good streak the second half of April. Yeah. Um, but not, falling to St. Henry on Star Wars Day, may the fourth be with the Crusaders. Yeah, not to be a homer, but St. Henry getting hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. And See as you happens. said, as you said, uh, Coach Pass for the Crusaders knows a lot about uh, a lot about getting hot at the right time. The Crusaders currently yes, riding a five. Si- they've currently riding a five game win streak, winning six of their last seven. The lone loss coming to Ryle. Uh, seven to two, but since then they've defeated Bellevue in three innings, fifteen nothing. They squeaked out a win against Connor, one nothing. I I loved it before we had to make sure that it wasn't a forfeit that wasn't mislabeled. It was a St. Henry win. Yeah, you uh, never know with those one yeah. one zero in baseball. It could be a forfeit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Boone County has a tie on their record this year. So if you look at the region, I think if, if <laughs> that was, it was probably against, darkness. Uh, probably yeah. it. Oh shoot, I can't remember. Who, or was that um. Yeah. Oh, when they played, it was against Pendleton. Oh, shoot. Was this last? I might be getting my timeline mixed up. If this is last year, I apologize. But no, I, Boone, I Boone to, County is a tie. Yeah. I remember, I, I remember that, but I seem to remember there might have been a game that also ended a tie because there was an injury during it and they just called it. I can't um, remember if that was Brossard. I, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll have to look at that after. And, you know, it's going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be thinking about that until I figure out officially. But, um, Adam, I mean, we've talked about Beachwood and Walton Verona and a little bit about St. Henry, but um, right now the first team to make it to 20 wins in the ninth region is Cub Calf. And they kind of not, not sneaky because it's Cub Calf, you know, they're, they're there every year, every sport, but nonetheless, I mean, you take a look at their record. We talk about doing well in the second half of April Cub Calf went, I mean, they've won since April 17th. They've won every single game bar one. Uh, so that is a 11-game win streak, winning 12 of their last 13. So uh, it's Cubcast humming right now, too. And they, they mm-hmm. lost to Simon Kenton 4-3. to three. 
a team they lost to nine to ten earlier, which we joked earlier. It's or you know Simon Kenton does have some um, unfavorable results against them, and then they turn around and beat one of the best teams in the ninth region, which is just how baseball works, right? Um, but Adam, pitching is talk, everything, exactly. But talk about Cuff Cap and where do they stand in terms of a regional threat? I mean, obviously they're they're always there. They're always going to be a threat in the region, but I mean when when you're Comparing them against teams like Ryle and Beachwood and Connor, I mean, Cuff-Cath, again, really setting themselves up for uh, a potentially deep run in the state tournament, assuming, or in the region, and then maybe in the state tournament. Uh, yeah, Cuff-Cath right back where they uh, need to be or supposed to be. I mean, really, I mean, with the talent that they have year in and year out, I mean, this is where they should be. Jonathan Fitz has just been ridiculous this year as we all expected i mean you see san diego commit behind the plate one of the best hitters in the region sitting almost 550 this year he's just absolutely destroying high school pitching i i am very excited to see what he can do at the next level but for now he's just so fun to watch and i highly recommend going out and watching him for a game this year uh also uh i mean shout out coach coach crumps he had one year off of the 20 win uh 20 win season uh, streak. Now he's right back on it, right where he should be. And Cubcalf 20 and five to start the season. And do not sleep on sophomore shortstop Jackson Riarden. That kid is an absolute stud, and he is an app, uh, just a great player in the making. And if you're a college coach, I would be on the lookout for him in the coming years. Mm-hmm. Yep, Cubcalf def just has. They just have it. They have the players to do to make make a run. They have the players to make some noise. Um, yeah, but they were young I, last year, so they're just yeah. growing into this right now. It was one of the youngest teams in Cuffcath history last year. And you know, at some point, those young guns got to get older, and they, all of a sudden, all that talk about potential—that's what I love. Every whenever there's a class that's young, and people talk about potential, it's always really fun to see how they how they how that potential kind of rolls out. I mean. For example, I guess another Homer example for us, we saw Wyatt, B- Wyatt Veith and Jude Bessler were people we knew going into high school were going to be special. And uh, I mean, they obviously were talking about eighth graders going to freshman year. These kids at Cuffcath are on the underclassmen side of things, getting older. And now look at them. They're 20 and five. But, uh, you know, we talk about Cuffcath maybe being a regional favorite. I know the Rowe Raiders are going to have something to say about it. Uh, the Raiders, 19 and eight. Uh, they they themselves again. A lot of these teams have, are hitting their stride uh, at the right time. They had a six game win streak going into uh, last night before they fell to Campbell County eight to seven. They have a, a pretty interesting uh, schedule coming up this weekend. They play in the Fayette County Invitational Tournament. They've got Bryan Station, Tate's Creek, West Jessamine. Before uh, they come back home, they face NCC St. Henry, Harrison from Ohio, and then Boone County. Uh, to start district play. So we're we're a little over a week away from districts, which is crazy to think about. But Adam, I mean, seating's we're, pretty much in place as well. Right, right. So I think next week we'll have a uh, a more fine or more honed in uh, district preview. But Adam, looking at the Raiders, I mean, you got TJ Shira batting 386. Uh, you've got Dylan McIntyre tossing 150 ERA. You've got a, a, a handful of pitchers who are sub three ERA as well. I mean, all of a sudden that uh, pitching unit is starting to kind of come to fruition. I think a couple episodes ago, we talked about pitching being a key thing for Ryle needing sort of needing a deeper 
rotation in order to set themselves up. But I mean, taking a look at their batting stats is, I mean, you're you're going to be impressed it, it, reading up and down it. Um, mm-hmm. But it just what, again, same question that I asked about Cove Cap. Um, what are the Raiders? What are the Raiders got to do to set themselves up for when regionals comes? And I mean, to be quite honest, we keep talking about. I mean, keep talking about these upsets. Who's to say Boone County isn't going to mess around and maybe hang with Ryle a little bit longer than the Raiders will want? I mean, Boone County. That's Looks like that's Ryle's going to be the one seed. Mm-hmm. And that's the yeah, thing. That's the, a that's the district that already has their uh, seating set. Uh, mm-hmm. Looks like Ryle's going to be the one. Connor's going to be the two. Uh, Cooper three and Boone County four. So that already has the matchups for that one. The only read uh, district that's not set right now, I believe, is uh, the thirty fifth. Covcath beat and Beachwood still have to play for the one mm-hmm. seed, and that's coming up this coming week or is it this weekend? Uh, one of the two. So that that'll decide the one seed of that. But other than that, all the districts are already set. But as for Ryle, I mean, it, same as the last couple of years, they have a very solid lineup, a very solid pitching staff. It's all just about putting it together at the right time and making it fit. They they had a nice win in the region last year, but I believe this team that they have this year is much, much more talented than that team last year. And that, that's nothing against them last year. I, I think these guys have just matured and become a lot better. And from the guys you mentioned, uh, one guy that you didn't, Roman Ferruto, has just been ridiculous this year. He's been hitting 386 at the plate with uh, five homers. Uh, with That kind of power stats in high school is nothing to sneeze at, unless you're Cameron Boyd and then you hit a homer, homer on every other at bat. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, now yeah. I guess we can talk about Beachwood. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's Cuffcalf Beachwood game. Happy Cinco de Mayo. That is tomorrow. Uh, Happy birthday, be... Dalton. Yes, exactly. We talked about Dalton a couple times on this podcast. Uh, easiest birthday to remember by far yeah. because it uh-huh. just ever since ever since a kid, it's like Cinco. De... Not even Cinco de Mayo, really. It's just like it's synonymous for us. But uh, a, a nice game. I mean, if Dalton wants to go, that's a nice nice day at the ballpark at five p.m. Fort we'll Mitchell. We'll be in for Derby. Oh shoot! Oh man. Well, you guys have fun. And if you run into my parents, say hi because they're going with their friends. I, I got left behind. I'm a little oh. I, I I know. I I I made it I told them I'm making it a point to go next year. I'll plan early, whatever. But yeah, it, it, y'all have fun. I'll 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 have a party up here up in Northern Virginia. We'll see you next year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll make sure. Maybe we'll have a live podcast from Churchill Downs. I don't know. We'll get Jack Harlow and uh yeah, next year it could be Derby and PGA Championship right after Valhalla. All right, yeah, day. Nice little weekend there. Now, is would that be on the same weekend or was it? Is that just I think close it's, together? Yeah, I think it's like October. Actually, it's not even. Oh, close, but yeah. Eh, we can still camp out. I'm always just pr- trying to promote yeah. the city. <laughs> of course, of course, you've got to right, and we'll, exactly. we'll talk about. We'll talk about I'll get, I'll get more into that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. But speaking of the Beachwood Tigers, who, by the way, are coming off of a 14 to 13 win over Highlands um, after losing 14 to 7 to Ryle, uh, not not football. This is we're still talking about baseball. Um, I mean, shoot, you take a look at some of these some of these results from Beachwood. Um, you're just not shocked because they have so many talented players, as you said, led by Cameron Boyd. 42 RBIs, 10 dingers, 543 batting average. Uh, he's he's attempted 19 stolen bases and he's uh, gotten all of them. Uh, I mean, 
this team is ridiculous. You got Tyler Feynman, who is a Louisville commit batting 400. Mason Preston's batting Freshman. 400. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Freshman. We are talking about these young guns putting up these numbers. Evan Brock, he's batting 444. We talked about the Blake Maislin. Nazario Pangalo, as you or mentioned. No, Tyler Feynman's an eighth grader. I'm sorry. It's pretty... He's an eighth grader. That's right. Wow. Ah, Adam, why? Wh- where were we eighth grade year? Not committing to Louisville. I was five foot two and turning the ball over every other possession in basketball. Yeah, I was <laughs> probably. I mean, a little bit taller, but probably not being productive on the court. <laughs> so I, <laughs> Maybe get a rebound probably, here and there. Yeah, fouling a little bit. I'm pretty sure the very, when I transferred back to IHM eighth grade year, my very first possession I fouled. So. <laughs> the epitome of how our eighth grade our eighth grade basketball season went um but we're we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about beachwood dang it um and i mean beachwood again just i mean lights out team one of the regional favorites however a couple of these games recently i mean again losing by seven runs to ryle um i mean they've they've lost to simon kenton as well so for whatever reason sk just keeps uh kind of hanging in there a little bit but other than that, uh, they end the season with a couple of interesting games. They got Cuffcat tomorrow, as we've mentioned. A day later, they've got Hazard. Uh, then they face Dixie Heights, Louisville St. X, Campbell County, and Connor to finish out the year. So really good tests, I think, for the Tigers to end the year. But Adam, I guess I guess to go off of that, how do they need to end this year? Because obviously Beachwood and Cuffcat are all but set to meet in the district championship. So we're at least going to get two times that these two teams face each other in a, uh, I'll say, competitive slash basically postseason environment. I don't want to say basically because I guess whoever wins or loses tomorrow, it doesn't, I mean, seeding matters, but it, it, again, it's... It it matters more in baseball than basketball just because mm -hmm. you're the home team set up with innings. I mean, definitely getting the final at bat is a massive thing. That is true. That is true. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Honestly, I I was stuck in basketball where it's like, uh, I mean, they're for, do they do districts? They don't, they don't do different locations, right? Or do they have it just at one place? Uh, It's all at one place. And it was at Cubcath last year. So if I had to guess, it's either going to be at Beachwood or at Mikan. Mm, Gotcha. Well, We'll, say, we'll we'll figure that out and let you let everyone know. But Adam, how does Beachwood need to finish this in order to really position themselves to again get through districts, assuming they make it to the district title game and punch their ticket to regionals, and then see what happens once uh, regional time comes around? Yeah, I mean they have a tough six game stretch to finish the season. I mean you got Covcath, Hazard, Dixie, Saint X, Campbell County, Connor. I mean, I I'd, I think uh, at least three out of those six teams are in the PBR top 25 for the state and uh, possibly four with Campbell County on the outside looking in. Uh, and Hazard's not a pushover in themselves. But, I mean, that Cubcat game uh, tomorrow, as we said, is, is absolutely massive, especially for district seeding. Uh, getting the home – getting the one seed in districts is huge. You get the last at-bat when it comes down to winning the district and yeah you want to finish off strong against the ninth region regardless uh having dixie and connor uh to your final four games those are two teams that you you could very well see in the regional tournament as well so 
those are two great matchups. And their last four games are all away, too, at Dixie, at St. X, at Campbell County, at Connor. That's going to be a great test. Uh, that at St. X game on May 10th, I uh, in the latest PBR rankings, St. X is ranked number three in the state. And I've seen Trinity and St. X have been ranked nationally a couple of times this year as well. So they are very, very good teams. So, I mean, if they can pull out a win against St. X, we will know Beachwood is trending in the right direction right before district start. That is for sure. Mm -hmm. We'll see how Beachwood handles those tests to end the year. As you said, four straight away games will get you. I mean, that's just brutal, but it'll get you ready for the toughest part of the season. That is the postseason. But Adam, I mean, some other teams that I think we have to mention, uh, Connor still, I mean, they're 19 and nine. So they're one of those teams that they're again, Connor, Highlands are achieved this year, honestly. A little bit, a little bit. I, I think they started really well, yeah. and now they've kind of mm, settled a little bit. Maybe still a lot of time left in the season, so that can turn around quickly. Exactly, and I mean, they, again, they had a a four game losing streak right in the heart of April, so that kind of uh, I think derailed some things. And then losing to St. Henry one zero, also a, a regional loss that you wouldn't like, but. They've they beat Walton Verona 3-0. They've they lost to Moeller 1-0. So they just love having those low scoring games. Um That's I mean earlier in the season. Yeah, exa ex exactly. I mean, look at that. I mean, this just uh, some of these results I'll read off real quickly. I mean, they lost to Covcath 4-1. They lost to Ryle 2-0. They're kind of getting on the wrong side of these games, which is, I guess, part of the reason why they might have had a little bit of a drop off yeah. after the beginning of the year, but uh, they beat Simon Kenton way on April 13th, 2-0. Uh, they have, I see, a 4-2 result in here. I mean, it's one of those things where if you can keep it low scoring, that's great, but you also got to put up the runs in order to back up your pitchers. But um, 100%. That, that's one of the biggest things I look at when I'm looking at high school baseball teams is the run differential for the entire mm -hmm. season, especially at this point in the season. And when you look at it, the top six teams is what it looks like in, in the ninth region right now have very solid run differentials. Beachwood's the mm -hmm. only one that's cracked 200 runs on the season. They're 242 to 135. Sure. And Connor has given up the least amount of runs. They've scored 166 and only given up 72 runs this year. That's so their crazy. pitching has been absolutely ridiculous. So if they can, they have a good lineup and they might just not be clicking on all cylinders right now. So be on the lookout if they can get that lineup clicking on all cylinders because the pitch oh, yeah. is ready clicking. Oh yeah. They I, I agree. I think they they have the they have the potential to kind of be the quote unquote surprise team. And by surprise team, it's just one of the the team that kind of gets forgotten behind Beachwood, Cuffcath, and Ryle being the kind of the three headed monster at the top of the region. But even then it's kind of like you can substitute Ryle and Connor and you're I mean I think can... Beachwood's still number one. I, I mean, it's hard to take them off it coming off a three-peat with a lot of their guys coming back. Like, I, I know Mitchell Berger's not playing and everything, but they're still three-time reigning champions. I, I think they're it, it's their crown to be lost. Mm -hmm. And I think I, they I think, feel that way as well. I think you got to do that, right? Like, you can't take it away until they prove it yeah. otherwise. And, I mean, if we're talking about current, I guess rankings. I guess we'll find out who number one is tomorrow. But I think you. I think I agree in terms of this isn't a betting podcast, nor would we ever advocate for betting on high school sports. But if you were to put a list of favorites, you almost can't go away from Beachwood because of, as you said. It, I mean, it's it's at the point where it's like, all right, you're the favorite until proven otherwise. 
It's what it is. And if as I you were said, a betting man, I would take <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Three I think that'd be. A, I think yeah. Oh yeah. I wonder wonder what that would be. Hey, eight five nine sports book. If that ever happens, we'll we might we'll, be borderline illegal right now. Uh, yeah, hey. Andy Bashir is bringing a new era in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. In, in a span of five minutes, marijuana and sports betting. And I, I tweeted out, you know, this that is what happens when, when Louisville goes four and 28 and Kentucky loses in the first weekend of the tournament again. All of a sudden, everybody freaks out and the Conwell turns its head on, uh, turns its entire. I don't even know. It turns it just. I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe that both of those things happened within five minutes because I never thought that they would happen in our lifetimes. It was a and truly part, shocking day. It was. May we never forget. Um, but Adam, any anything to talk about on baseball before we move on? Because we do have a, a, a little bit to get through. Um, it, it, you know, Some with football, some with basketball. But anything before we uh, wrap up baseball talk? Uh, no, I, I don't think I have, I have anything to add to that. All right. Well, moving on... Um, as we said earlier, we did have some representation of the 859, excuse me, in the NFL draft. We had one draft pick. It was Michael Mayer, former Covington Catholic tight end, uh, or former Covington and Notre Dame tight end. Um, got drafted 35th overall to the Las Vegas Raiders. It, it was there, Adam. It was there. It was there. I really, I really thought when it happened and I saw the Bengals and I saw he was available. And when they said, when Roger Goodell gets out there and he says about, oh, the draft pick and then, um, oh, shoot, what he said, my, he, the first two letters or the first, I guess, two, the first sound is my. So I thought it was Michael Mayer, yeah, not know, Miles Murphy, uh, which, which was suck, which sucked, honestly, just to be perfectly blunt about it, because yeah. they went to the Michael Mayer draft party right as the Bengals were showing up and it said, from Independence, Kentucky, so a nice little shout out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, but it, I, I shouldn't even. I, actually, I apologize. I shouldn't be leading with that. This is a kid that gets to go play for Las Vegas Raiders. Like it's gonna, it's such an awesome thing to watch him be drafted. I mean, we knew when he left Cupcat that he was special. And I mean, not everyone gets called Baby Gronk, and not only that, not everyone gets called Baby Gronk, and Nobody disagrees with that uh, moniker. And I think it's going to be really fun to see him thrive in Las Vegas. I think everyone knows that he was going to be really good no matter where he went. He gets to go to an awesome place like Las Vegas. He gets the, he gets the chance to really be kind of part of that new, I mean, the new look of that team. So it's going to be awesome to see him go there. Um, it, it would have been really cool to see him play or get drafted by the Bengals, but Eh, it is what it is. I mean, the the NFL draft isn't a uh, isn't isn't all about sentiment. It's all about what the team needs. But he gets to go to Vegas. So Adam, I mean, that's that's it's so cool. I mean, it's so cool to have him be in the NFL. Like officially, hey, we have another eight five nine guy in the NFL, and it's someone that a lot of people are talking about. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, I mean, it's somebody that we, as you said, we, we've expected to get to this point. I mean, he was a five star recruit out of high school. Been a long time since we had a five star in North Kentucky, and he's lived up to those expectations in every way. I mean, I think he should have been a first round pick. 
I'm not going to say I'm bitter that the Bengals didn't take him, but I have a nice spin zone for you for all the Bengals fans here. Let's hear it. I uh, heard on the radio from Mo Agger today, Bengals uh, run the least amount of 12-man formation of any team in the NFL. We run it at a 3% clip, and the highest percent is the Ravens at a 41% clip. And 12-man set is when you have two tight ends in. So we do not do that with Joe Burrow. And the Ravens do that because they're they're a run-first offense. And obviously, we're a pass-first offense. And we're not going to just change our offense to get him. And we already got Irv Smith, who's going to be solid. He's going to be solid. I I think he's going to be good. He's going to be every bit as good as Hayden Hurst and C.J. Uzama over the past couple years. And you know what the fun thing is? We're about to sign Joe Burrow to an extension. And that extension is going to go well past Michael Mayer's rookie contract. So Michael Mayer can come back in free agency and we will happily take him. You can come home, Michael. Hey, you know, you know what it is, man. Anyone who leaves the Cincinnati area always comes back in one fashion or another. At some point you can take the sense, you can take yourself out of Cincinnati, but you're never going to take the Cincinnati out of yourself. And at some point home is going to come calling, which is why all along when everyone was talking about, Oh, is Joe Burrow going to end up in Cincinnati? Joe Burrow's girlfriend is a Cincinnati native. So I, I knew all along. I was like, there's not a chance in Athens. hell. Exactly. It's like Athens is what? Two hours from Cincinnati, yeah. if that. And I, his girlfriend, I think, went to Mason. So, you know, it, it, it was it was like it, back when that happened. It was like, come on, guys, let's let's it's not rocket appliances like it's it's going to happen. But um, another another draft or draft related news. Tanner Morgan, former Ryle quarterback, former Minnesota Golden Gopher. Signed an undra- signed as an undrafted free agent with, I'm sorry, the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, which is interesting because I think I don't know if we have any Pittsburgh Steelers. I know we have Dylan Miller on the team with uh, he's a Steelers fan, but I mean, I don't think that there's a zero percent chance that Tanner Morgan can't just work his way there. It's going to take a lot of work because they've got everything going with Kenny Pickett right now. But I'm going to go ahead and say it: non-zero chance that Tanner Morgan will get his opportunity with the Steelers. I don't know if that means he's going to start this year, but I do think he has a chance to either cement himself as QB3, which I know is it sounds ridiculous to say that as a good thing, but hey, you cement yourself there, and then all of a sudden you're an injury away from being the backup, which means you're an injury away from getting in the game, which in today's NFL, and trust me, as a Washington Commanders fan, you can get to QB3 pretty quickly, no matter if you like it or not. So... Tanner Morgan, congratulations to him and Michael Mayer. Um, Raider but, Nation represent. Exactly. And and speaking of commanders, I'm still going to hold for the official celebrations, but this podcast is getting very close to having me sob like a baby when Dan Snyder sells a team. So that's all I'm going to say. So that, there's my official statement. I'm still still waiting for the official statement that he is selling the team, but it's close. Anyways, Adam... Um, I guess moving on real quick to football. uh, Leave with this one. Uh, There was a fantastic baseball game in the Bluegrass this past uh, week. The Battle of the Bluegrass is what they call it. Louisville versus UK baseball. One program that's been to the College World Series five times in the 21st century and the other one that has never been there. Uh, I'm not going to mention which one's which. But there were two Northern Kentucky pitchers that faced off in this – as starting pitchers in this matchup versus Louisville and UK, which is just awesome. Uh, Evan Webster started 
uh, for Louisville. He's a Ryle graduate from 2019, I believe. And Travis Smith, a 2021 Walton Brona graduate, started for UK. So that was just like a really cool thing. Like the Battle of the Bluegrass was started by Northern Kentucky kids. I, I thought that was really cool. And also a side note, Louisville won 7-0 in Louisville. <laughs> for Kentucky that's been a college world series. Oh, <laughs> Yes, uh, I love that last asterisk too. Um, <laughs> so, yes, it is. Uh, that is that is what it is. Uh, or not is what it is. Uh, that is pretty dang cool to see two NKY guys facing off in, in a game like that. I mean, you gotta love it. Um, and as you said, a big win for the cards, and it's really cool that we do see a lot of eight five nine guys end up on on those respective teams. So, um. Yeah, yeah, when pretty, I was in high school, I mean, uh, Beachwood had a UK and a Louisville commit with Stringer and Combs, so that was <laughs> that is pretty. That is pretty dang cool. We, you know, it, it, it gotta love that. I gotta love when the baseball guys like stay home and like play for yeah. those teams. So we're we're pretty blessed that I mean, we do have two pretty solid programs in uh, in Louisville and in UK. Another um, baseball shout out, real quick. Uh, be on the lookout for Drew Rom. Any day now, he's going to be getting called up. He has had a white hot uh, start to the season in AAA. I believe it was last night. He had six shut innings, 11 Ks. He got his ERA down under three for the season in uh, double A or in AAA. Uh, I think it's around like a two seven right now. Uh, he's been very efficient through every level of the minor leagues. And yeah, he's one step away from making the major league ball club for the Orioles. Uh, and just be on the lookout for that. It, it could happen literally any day now. Fingers crossed. That's going to be really sweet to see him, uh, to see him, I mean, get that call. Because again, as you said, or as we've kind of been talking about, just baseball in the 8.59 has been, it's been pretty big. We've had some players go through, go up and obviously play in the big leagues, but it's always, every time it happens, every time there's another person added to that uh, list, it is pretty dang cool. Um, and congratulations to Drew for, for being really dang close. Um but switching switching to football, actually, um, we do have one one job opening right now. It's the Ludlow Panthers, and a lot of people have applied for this one. Uh, we've seen some interesting interesting names. Uh, Alec, uh, this is this is something that I think we have to talk about at this point. Alex Shelton's name was thrown out for the Beachwood job. His name was one of the first names on Bluegrass Preps to be thrown out for this job. Apparently, he grew up playing for the Ludlow Youth uh, Program. Um, I mean, this this. There have been a couple other uh, names. I believe the Cooper freshman coach, uh, Randy Borchers, I believe used to coach at Ludlow. So you have that connection there. But a lot of names being thrown out for this Ludlow job. Um, and Adam, I think this is a really interesting, interesting spot because Ludlow for the past couple of years has put up a pretty decent, like they've established themselves as a pretty good football program that just is kind of, I don't want to say stuck behind Beachwood, but it's really hard to be a good small school while you do have Beachwood in the background. I mean, I know they're not in the same district, but um, I mean, Ludlow this past year, they went four and seven, but they've had, I mean, I think they're kind of one of those teams that could maybe be knocking on the door. I mean, on the basketball side of things, they've done pretty well for the past couple of years as well, but I mean, with the red field coming, which is going to be sick, by the way. It looks awesome. It, with that coming, I think Ludlow has a chance to, and I say, I just said this is kind of like a negative thing, but 
I mean, if let's face it, the kids, a lot of the kids that go to Beachwood, if they were to, if they were to stay, they could go to schools like Ludlow, Dayton, or Bellevue. I think Beachwood takes away a lot of those. Uh, same thing with NCC. Same thing with Cuffcath, and it's really it's pretty interesting. And I think Ludlow might be in the best spot that any of the three river schools have been in in a long time to potentially lay the groundwork to build something here. I mean, face again, to be blunt, kids, something like a red field is going to make a kid go, yeah, I want to play on that someday. And that's a really hard kind of thing to shake. It got you to be like, a Boise State fan. Exactly. I fell in love with the blue field and I still watch them to this day, unfortunately. But... <laughs> They, I mean, you've got that. I, it's that. That's just something where I think a lot of kids are going to be like, "Wow, this is super cool." And when you're when you're young and you see that, and if you fall in love with it, you're going to start dreaming of playing on that field, which in the long run is going to pay dividends for that school. So, Adam, 100%. is is Ludlow a program on the rise? And I, I guess it's a hard it's a hard question to answer because you do have another school like NCC right there. Um, and you again, you still have Beachwood on top of the, uh, I guess, at the top of the hill um, before you come down and see some of the other smaller schools. But just, I mean, this this coaching hire is pretty dang important for the Panthers in terms of just how it can lay the groundwork for potentially really taking off in the future. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. This is a big coaching hire, especially with the amount of money that's been put into their facilities and past few years as you mentioned with the red football field coming and not to mention they just uh, got a brand new turf baseball field on their uh turf on their uh field like right on the river right there which is in a great location as well right on route eight uh i mean ludlow high school is a great location i mean there's tons of people that live in ludlow but as you mentioned a lot of them go to different schools so maybe this could be a way to keep them from going out of district and staying in Ludlow, which would be a great thing to see for not only just the city of Ludlow, but just for Northern Kentucky as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, you know, having people stay in their district and play there. Because mm-hmm. Not not to say it's bad playing out of district, but it's always good to see a kid play where they came from, you know, exactly. represent their city. Exactly. And the other thing, too, that that just popped into my mind why it's important now, I guess it's urgent a little bit. You have another small school about to join join the competition up the road. You got St. Henry, who, if I'm not mistaken, is probably going to slot right into Ludlow's district. So, I believe uh, they're going to be 2A, actually. That's right. You're right. You're right. So <laughs> never mind that. But nonetheless, you still have another small school. Uh oh. Maybe they'll play Gallatin County and I could have an interfamily rivalry with my mom. But (laughs) um, I mean, you do have another smaller school up the hill competing. So it could make it more difficult. But if Ludlow all of a sudden kind of, you know, sparks these next few years, then all of a sudden it's kind of like, all right. And as you said, with more investment going into the program, and by the way, it is not cheap. To have a new turf, b red turf. It is pretty dang expensive to have yeah. uh, a, a non-green turf. Mm-hmm. So they're investing, and it is. I know it's it's kind of weird to talk about with high school athletics, but I mean, if they're putting like, 
if they're putting the money toward it, they're serious about trying to not only grow the athletics program, but to grow the district because athletics are a great way to do that. And I think more people are realizing that. And that's why, and seeing examples like Tanner Morgan just signing with Steelers, Michael Mayer getting drafted. I think uh, people are starting to see just kind of how the 859 is really set up. For, I mean, a lot of people for professional success. Um, yeah, I saw and, that tweet from Evan Dennison uh, after Michael Mayer got drafted. I believe it's uh, five Northern Kentucky players drafted in the NFL draft since 2000. It's uh, yeah. Michael Mayer, uh, obviously Derek Barnes two years ago. So two in the past three years. Great stat, if you want to throw that out to some people to brag mm-hmm. about Northern Kentucky sports. Oh, yeah. Uh, then Charles Johnson before that in the seventh round. And then before that was uh, Mike Mitchell out of Highlands to the Steelers, unfortunately. And the the beast himself, Sean Alexander in 2000. Mm. Madden Born Washington Redskins. Yeah. Madden <laughs> cover boy for the Seahawks, though. Hey, fun fact about him. That Adam and I used to work out with him. And we used to work out yeah, with him with better bodies. Yeah. I worked out with him, yeah. Well, I worked uh, out no, next to him. I never got the courage to say hi to him. But. Oh, same here. And I felt, I think I I was curling something, and he, I looked over, see, saw what he was curling. I put my stuff down and walked out. I said, <laughs> all right, let's, we'll start again tomorrow. Like, I got a long way to go, but there, it wasn't even gym intimidation. It was, G, get out of the gym. Like It's like, yeah, you won that BP. I should probably leave. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I wanted to... I, I wanted to say something be like HTTR, but then I was like, nah, he's in his workout. Like I can't disrupt this flow with that. I mean, can't do that. Um, but switching gears again, uh, as we wrap up here shortly, uh, we do have a list of commitments. One of which has been something we've been waiting for a long time. And that is Jacob Meyer, Jacob Meyer, obviously one of the most sweepstakes scores. Exactly. One of the most prolific scores in the region, the Jacob Meyer sweepstakes. Congratulations to the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. They've won it. They've got themselves one of the best scores that we've ever seen in the 859. Um, congratulations to Jacob Meyer. Um, I know beautiful campus as well. Exactly. Yeah. He's going to go to Conway, South Carolina, right by, I mean, I think that's, I guess, technically a Myrtle Beach suburb. Uh, he's joining the fun belt. So I'm sorry, Jacob. There's going to be at least two times per year where I'm cheering against you, against my beloved uh, alumni or my beloved college, James Madison. But maybe I can put the differences aside for a couple of years. Um, but congratulations to him. I, if I'm not mistaken, I know Coastal is in a pretty interesting spot. They have a longtime coach who recently has been kind of trying to refigure things out, which I think every coach has with NIL and just how much yeah. that has changed. But um, a really good opportunity for Meyer to play for a veteran coach who knows how to get the best out of these players. And, it's you know, it's going to be, it's going to be really fun to see him play again, like for a fun school, like coastal Carolina, um, other, other, sorry, other commitments, excuse me. Uh, Javier Ward just committed today is going to Kent state. So uh, another Holy cross D one commit. So uh, congratulations to him. I mean, Adam, that's uh, a, that's a pretty good. That's big. Two, two D one commits out of Holy cross this year. I don't, not bad, not yeah, bad not, at all. Not bad at all. I mean, when's the last time? Uh, when's when's the last time that that? Uh, uh, I feel like Cuffcap did that like a year or two ago. Yeah, probably. Well, but. well, Ipsaro and Riley weren't the same year. Um, would have been Jacob or uh, C.J. Frederick and Jacob Walter, uh, twenty eighteen Cuffcap maybe. 
Mm. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to find that out. But uh, nonetheless, uh, congratulations to those two, and especially Holy Cross, um, which we'll talk about in a second because they're actually going to be in a pretty interesting spot as they also really turn the page for their program. Um, a couple other ones: Gavin Lutz committing to MSJ. Congratulations to him. Cam Boyd to Southern Indiana. They're a recent D1 school. So, um, I, I mean, again, congratulations to him. And then Landon Hamilton to center. So, uh, just again, congratulations to all of those players committing to those schools. Uh, it's going to be really fun to watch them at the collegiate level. Um, a quick note before we talk about the Holy Cross uh, situation. Um, situa- situ- not, not in a bad way. It's not a bad situation. Well, Eh, I don't know. Um, Beachwood did name their next basketball coach. They went in-house, which was, I think, kind of one of the rumors early on, which I guess proved to be true. But it was also one of the easier decisions, I think, in everyone's eyes. Ross Hart getting the head coaching job after Coach Eric Getz stepped down. Um, Adam, I think this was probably one of the easier decisions to make. They They had two coaches that were really sort of the first instinct these are the yeah. two guys who probably will go for it. Um, and Ross Hart, uh, you know, getting getting appointed head coach, Adam. That's, again, uh, speaking of programs kind of in a transition kind of period, uh, Beachwood kind of working to get back to winning ways. And, I mean, they do have a chance now. And, again, we'll talk about it in a second with Holy Cross. But they have a chance to kind of establish themselves and maybe string together a few good years and maybe – put themselves as the number two team behind Cuffcat in that district. But uh, yeah, I'd that, say that number higher. two spot's up for grabs in the 35th, 35th district the next couple of years for sure with Jacob Meyer and everybody graduating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cash Hardy going to Cuffcat as well. Exactly, which uh, it, it, thank you. I forgot to, I meant, meant to mention that. So Cash Harney obviously going to Cuffcat, which would be um, pretty interesting. We'll talk about Cuffcat actually in a second. Um Again, we're see we have a lot of stuff we'll get to get there. through. <laughs> exactly, we we promise we'll get there, but um, we'll get to the Holy Cross thing now. Their head coach Casey Sorrell, he decided to step down to spend more time with family. Um, so again, Holy Cross is looking for a coach. Uh, once again, a couple of names. Obviously, uh, Andre McClendon is rumored to be interested in the job. Um, I think all people would probably just point to him being the favorite, but. Who knows? I think it's uh, the beauty about high school coaching searches is that no one really knows who's being interviewed. No one knows who. I mean, the Beachwood football coach is a prime example. No idea that I, I did not know that he was getting any getting a, a. I mean, didn't really put his name to the Beachwood uh, opening. And then it's just it's just the beauty of high school sports. But um, another one that another name that I want to throw out there who I know is currently uh not with a school brandon grammar coach grammar is not at hughes anymore i believe yes. uh I, I don't know what happened up the, up north in uh in ohio but nonetheless he is available and albeit yes, he is he has uh, i guess in recent years he has kind of jumped from, uh to a couple jobs so former I do grant think, county former holy cross coach mm-hmm. it's kind of like one of those things where it's like do you want to do you want to reinvest in a coach who is i guess it, I mean, a really good coach, nonetheless. So it's it's kind of a, it, I guess, a no brainer at that point. But um, I mean, do you want someone that you? Tr- I mean, I guess the quite the answer to the coach grammar question is: Do you trust in that he would stay um, for a couple of years, or do you think it would potentially end up like last time and he he gets another opportunity? Um, but Adam, I mean, I, I guess Andre McClendon might be the best best route for the Indians. 
McClendon and Holy Cross just go together like peanut butter and jelly. So, yeah, I, that's <laughs> what I have to say to that. Yeah. All right. Easy enough. I think we agree on that. Um, if if it is great, I, th- I do think if grammar is interested, um, then I mean, shoot, that would be that'd be pretty interesting. I mean, especially when you do have a pretty important couple of years uh, lined up, because, again, you've you've lost probably the best player that's ever played at Holy Cross. I think it's pretty fair to say. And Jacob Meyer and obviously and one of the best players to ever play for Holy Cross, Javier Ward. So it, it'll, be, it'll be pretty interesting to see who they hire and who who, uh, who they, I guess, choose to lead the program uh, next. But speaking of Covcath, they they got they got a transfer coming in. And it's uh, a, some pretty good reinforcements. Uh, four-star Caden Miller, uh, six foot nine, the son of former Bengal Caleb Miller. Uh, again, six nine, moving from Arkansas, Bentonville, Arkansas, I believe. He's got offers from Mizzou, Central Arkansas, Mississippi State, DePaul. He's got one more year of eligibility, and I'm thinking that if he's if that's his offer list, according to his own Twitter thinking he's going to get a little bit more, uh, especially when he gets to a school like Covcath and his exposure is, it's going to be pretty big. He's going to get exposed to a school. Yeah, exactly. You've got NKU right here, uh, Xavier, Cincinnati. Um, I hate to say this, but I'm just going through the list of the, uh, going from top to bottom, best programs in the area, right? Um, You've got, I mean, down down the river, or not down the river, I guess down the highway, you've got Louisville, Kentucky, and then obviously Bellarmine, EKU, Western. I mean, he's going to get a lot of opportunities and a lot more offers. I think once he's here, um, and gets a, I mean, a summer circuit under his belt, and then obviously the uh, fall tryout session, and then beginning of the season. But um, we'll see. There's also a good chance that he ends up. I mean, that's around the time when everybody starts committing. So is right before the uh, basketball season starts. So we'll see that. But I mean, uh, Miller joining, as we mentioned, Cash Hardy as two transfers coming into Cupcath who are both primed to really help coach Ruth Sat's team. Um, but yeah, that's uh that's going to be big Adam. Obviously we're and it, we've been talking about Newport as the sort of, okay, they won last year. Maybe they're the favorite this year, but transfer right back. Yep. I mean, whether you like it or not, the transfer portal is unofficially a thing. If you're and... not going to regulate it, teams are going to keep abusing it. Exactly, which I, I, I want to say, I mean, Kentucky's trying their best, but it is what it is in a place like Kentucky. I mean, when you, you there's it's really hard to regulate something like that with some of those uh, rural counties and yeah, the schools I don't like Tuffcath. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's kind of like at this point, might as well just let them all play. It's high school sports. If a kid wants, if not, and uh, keep in mind, I'm not, I'm not trying to link Miller with any of this sentiment. So let me, let me, let me put it, I guess, a precaution there or not precaution i guess Miller whatever i'm trying does to say. have connections to cincinnati his, exactly his uh i believe his uncle is jeff ruby or great uncle i believe so so, something like that he, he, he massive he has connections, connections with cupcath yeah. as well and apparently he was choosing between cupcath and molar when he was coming back here so it made sense mm-hmm. yeah which <laughs> i always say cupcath and molar are the two of the same schools um, they are very similar yeah yeah I mean, again, it's more it's more I'm thinking of um, a little while ago when Scott County was uh, getting a lot of or all of a sudden a lot of people were getting jobs in Scott County, um, sort of sort of that whole vibe, which. And, you know, what they did to prevent that. They made great crossing. Yeah, exactly. And look at them now. 
um, Scott County now. <laughs> yes, but um, and that Newport transfer we talked about uh, last episode uh, coming from Taft, that is apparently official. So more transfer portal activity, but you know, it's, it, it, next year's basketball season is going to be so damn fun. I'm so excited for it. Um, speaking speaking of basketball, a couple more notes before we wrap up. CJ Frederick, we talked about him a little bit. Um, transferring from UK to back home, baby, Cincinnati. He's going to UC, uh, a huge transfer for the Bearcats uh, as they go into Big 12 play. Just someone with Power 5 experience. And it's really cool to see someone uh, return home, Adam. Um, I mean, going to uh, Kentucky fans, have, actually, you know what? Any player Kentucky fans are going to be split on. Um, and seeing seeing sort of the sentiment of CJ Frederick when he announced that he was hitting the portal, it was just like, it was so funny seeing some people are Kentucky fans uh, are crazy, dude. Yeah, just a little bit, just just a little bit, unfortunately. But um, nonetheless, CJ Frederick, Wildcat to Bearcat. Uh, so congratulations to him, and uh, of course, go Bearcats. And Adam, before we wrap things up, um, I think we got to shout this out because again, if we were this is a big one, if we were young or younger, this would be just a great camp to go to so mm-hmm. uh not to spoil it a little bit but what what's going on uh from on may 30th and 31st at town and country yeah i mean two of the best players to play in northern kentucky over the past four or five years are hosting a basketball camp evan Absaro and jacob meyer are having a dual basketball camp at uh town and country which should just be absolutely fantastic evan Absaro, miami of ohio commit and jacob meyer coastal carolina commit two guys that are probably going to go and get minutes right away when they get to their school, not not just uh, get there. They're going to play and impact the team. That These are the guys that are going to be able to teach you. So I, I highly recommend going to this. These guys have very high uh, basketball IQs, and they can teach you a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Both these guys, just seeing what they see on the court, it's next level. So learning anything from them could help you for – your entire career. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, both these players have so much brought to the table. I'm I'm even thinking of it right now. I think coaches should go to this. I think coaches yeah. would even benefit yeah. from it, just watching those two work together. And it's really cool. I think this is, this is something that I hope is, I, I really hope that this is something that kind of becomes a trend where a lot of the top players and shoot, maybe this is something that they're planning on doing for years to come. But looking at these top players giving back to, I mean, this area, it, whether whether it's, I mean, we talk, we always talk about giving back in the sense of you know charity or philanthropy, but giving back in this way where it's like, hey, these two players show that you can come to the eight five nine, and even in Evan's case, he came from New Richmond, which is of course uh, on the Ohio side of the river. He His comes parents to did move over there to be fair. Mm-hmm. And and they he well like from school wise though he comes to Cuffcath and proves himself gets a scholarship and commits to Miami University and with Jacob Meyer too it's an example of hey I mean Holy Cross is considered a smaller school and look at him mm-hmm. look at him so as Adam it's cool said to see. yeah as Adam said I mean if you're if you're if you're a parent I highly suggest or we highly suggest sending your kid on this and if you're a coach. 
I mean, shoot, if I was in, if I was in town, I would say, shoot, can I just sit and watch? Like, I mean, yeah. it's just, they, they definitely have so much, as you said, so much to offer. So um, yeah, check out our Twitter to uh, find some information on that. But Adam, we got through a lot today. I, I'm a little, I feel like I just took the ACT again. Uh, anything to <laughs> add before we wrap things up? Uh, a pretty exciting weekend. We'll be back here next week with a uh, big district preview for baseball. Yeah. Um, talk a little about, I guess, t- touch up on the other spring sports as well. But Adam, anything before uh, we wrap things up here? Uh, no, not really. I mean, uh, we'll give you a little bit of a track and field update next week and a massive district preview episode coming up uh, this next uh, week. We'll have a lot more ideas of who's playing who in district tournament and uh, who we think is going to make the regional and what our regional tournament predictions are going to be. So that should be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Well, for Adam Conradi, I'm Noah Ziegler. We'll see you next time.